0: Welcome to the FemNation Podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs can rise together. Success comes in many flavors. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm White Dev the down-to-earth chick with a different name entrepreneur and founder of the Female Entrepreneur Movement, our business is dedicated to helping women start and grow their businesses, increasing financial independence. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back to the Fem Nation Podcast. Today, I have a very honored guest, Monica Frederick, who is a life coach for corporate career women and any of us that have had a moment or a time frame where we dabbled in the corporate world or lived in the corporate world for a while we all know that this is life-changing work that she does so thank you for coming
1: on today monica thank you so much for having me i am absolutely excited
0: to be here excellent let's get started and let's dive in where did your entrepreneurial journey begin
1: yeah so you know, without going like crazy far back or anything like that, turning this into a therapy session <laughs> um, i I do want to lay the foundation of why I started what I started so um, I grew up in poverty, so when I say poverty, I mean everything was given to me, like handed down. I lived in a place where we didn't have running heat or running water, um, just to give you a kind of idea so fast forward a few years into adulthood, this was after years and years of just these judgmental glances or um, people just kind of talking about how, you know, my family was like taking their tax dollars and things like that. So Mm. I grew up with a very warped sense of self-worth. And because of that, you know, the rebellious teenager in me was like, okay, I am just going to show everybody off. Like I am going to show everybody up that the apple does not fall far far from the tree, and I am going to be such a productive member of society. I mean, I didn't say it just like that, sure. but that was the ideas that were going ahead. And so I went in. You know, this was right when I started um, thinking about college and things like that. And so after that fun journey that we all have it in college, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that was time to get the big girl job. And I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm going to get the 401k. I'm going to the benefits package. packets. I'm going to pay my taxes. And this is going to be awesome because then I can give back to society and validate my existence and basically pay that debt back that I felt like I had for just simply existing and just needing and my family needing help. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I thought I'm like, okay, so in order to be a useful, productive member of society, I need to be Continually being promoted at work. And so in my corporate career, it was in the fashion industry. And I thought that's what I mean. At the time, I mean, I loved fashion. I mean, I still do. Don't get me wrong. Right. But, um, you know, I thought I was going to be cool with doing that until I was 55 or 65. And then I can retire and enjoy life a little longer and then die. And then that was (laughs) the end. I just thought that was, you just have to work really, really hard, not really enjoy your life until you can retire. And so when I was young, I was like, okay, I can do that. That's fine. And so I worked very hard in my job. Like I was the first one there, the last one to leave, pouring my blood, sweat, and tears into everything I did. That relationship I had with my company was more important to me than my my relationship with any of my previous relationships. Even when I got married, um, that was definitely a point of contention where we would try to iron out my priorities because, you know, he, he had felt like, um, I was putting the job ahead of him. And quite frankly, I was, Mm -hmm. I was putting the job ahead of everybody because I was so scared without it. I was so scared that I would backslide into this identity of needing and this identity of not being as good as just the regular American. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was years of this. And I I had the job. I had the the 401k and the benefits and all of that, like what you would traditionally consider as successful. But I got to a point where I'm like, I got so burnt out. I'm like my anxiety was absolutely through the roof because anything I said or did, I always compared myself to peers because I'm like, if I lose this job, then I'm nothing. Like I'm nothing without this. I mean, those were thoughts that ran through my head. And then it got to a point where I I hated what I did, but you know, all of the self-doubt and the limiting beliefs came up, like, well, you didn't graduate college, you're not smart enough to do anything else. And then came the day where this sweet innocent woman who did not know me, I think we were in a grocery store or something. You know, she was just trying to make conversations, like, oh, what's your hobbies? And I sat there and my eyes got wide. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't have hobbies. And then I, I freaked out. Like I freaked the heck out. And I'm like, oh my God, I have no hobbies. Like what kind of weird person has no hobbies in their life. And right. I started bawling right there. And I'm like, okay, this I mean the, the poor the poor woman, she she held it together like she's like, okay, it's gonna be okay, honey. Probably <laughs> thinking it was like an insane person. Um but the and this was like you know a snowball effect, right? It was just, you know, the fights with my husband were continually getting Mm -hmm. worse because I wasn't prioritizing him or myself. And I mean, I was so tired when I came home. I just, all I had the mental capacity to do was fall on the couch and watch Netflix. That was it. So then my health started going. I mean, so it was a compound effect. And that was the day where I'm like, okay, I'm going to quit. And I did like very soon afterwards, but I had no plan. And again, this was my identity. So I thought this was going to be what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And basically the rest of my life until I was 75 or 65 or whatever. And then that was it. Um, and so I identified as the job, like when I did well in the job, my identity was great. But when I did bad in the job, then I, then I, the, the horrible You're things personal. that I would say to myself. Absolutely. And then at that point, you know, I had quit the job and I had no idea what I was going to do. And then I freaked the whole freak out cycle happened again. Like what person doesn't even know what they want to do? Like what person doesn't have hobbies, which we all can find. And so after that journey of being able to identify who I was and not tying my identity into something outside of myself, um, that's where I found, started finding life coaching and realizing that was a thing. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, Oh my God, the cherub started like singing and the, the, the heavens parted and things like that. And I'm like, oh my God, this is it. This is it. Um, and so basically I help women now be able to get out of that same feeling of having their identity tied to that. Or maybe the woman who thinks that she has no other options.
0: That's strong. That is so strong. And how long did it take you to identify who you were? What, what was that process like?
1: Oh, it was pretty, it was a pretty wild ride. So um if I'd say to be truly confident in who I was, it probably started after coaching, honestly, mm-hmm. Um, which is crazy to say, you know, but it was probably a year and a half of trying to figure out who I was on the inside without looking mm-hmm. to external forces. And it took a long freaking time to get there. It was a lot of thought work too, right? It was a lot of trying to actually identify the subconscious beliefs that I had built, um, when I was young, because I was the type of person where I'm like, oh, I'm super strong. Like I'm not a victim. I was all, I've always been like that. Even when all of this was happening. I mean, I could go into really, um, interesting stories from my childhood, you know, but I never identified as a victim. And so I thought I was good. I was like, oh, my past doesn't affect me at all. Like, this is good. So it took a lot of time to be able to be like, okay, so there's still that inner hurt child. And there's still that child that, I mean, all of this was happening when, you know, that's the tender age where we start to form beliefs about ourselves and the world. Um, And that was something that I didn't realize until up until more recently in my life. And that was when I realized that even if I were to, even if, I were to go back to that state um, and I had to have so many people helping me be on the government helping me again, that doesn't diminish my worth. And it took a long time to realize that every human being, no matter what their past um, or what they've done or what what they're producing, we all have the same amount of worth. Like every human, no human is worth more than the other because of their production or because of how much money they made. I mean, of course, as you can guess, there was a lot of limiting beliefs for sure about money to get over. Um, And so it was a lot of being able to not tie in my identity or my worth into outside things. Even who I was in relation to other people, that was huge. Because I think a lot of us, we identify as what we are in the family, um, what we are in our job title. That was certainly me. But some people, it could even be material goods. Like I'm I'm a Jeep owner or... Um, it could be tied to how we show up in the community. I'm a Christian. I'm a, I'm a mother. I'm a sister. I'm a, bo- you see where I'm going. These are right, all things right. that are really important to us, but it's what we do. So it took a long time of getting over that idea.
0: What was, what would you consider as a pivotal moment if you had to list one that um, really was kind of the, the aha moment of turning that corner into being able to not be externally identified and be able to identify yourself internally?
1: You know, it's interesting because it, it just took a lot of time of like, um, connecting with other like-minded people and connecting with other Mm. people in the coaching industry. Actually, um, when I was starting to go through certification and learning more about human psychology and how our thoughts actually lead to the beliefs that we have, and those beliefs turn into the actions that we take that was Mm life-changing. And so I knew then because here's what we can control, and what we can't control. We can control our thoughts. Like we can control the thoughts we have, or we can redirect the thought, the subconscious thoughts that pop up without our knowledge. Right. Mm-hmm. So we can do that. Or, and we can also control this one moment. We can't control the future. We can't control the past. But, you know, once I started realizing that those were the two things that we really do have control over and everything else is circumstantial then it's like, it's almost like basing your worth or basing your identity on the stock market, right? right? It's like that goes up and down all the time. It's not like you can't, I don't want to say you can't trust things outside of you. However, you know, people change, situations change. Yes. Um, you may lose the Jeep that you tie your worth to. Or, you know, um, if you are that job title, you may lose the job title or realize that you don't want to do that anymore. And right. so when I started thinking about that, that was when things are like, Oh God, if I, if I can't hold on to these things and hold on to like, I was white knuckling these things. I was holding on and not letting go. Like my heels were dug in and I was like, like it was dragging me along with it as it was trying to go, um, all of these outside things. But that's Mm -hmm. when I realized, like, I don't need to look outside of there. I look internally to see who I am and what makes me unique and what makes me different. Because even though we all have the same amount of worth, we do all have uniqueness and gifts to bring to the table.
0: Absolutely. And they're contributing factors to the overall good of society, but we limit that too.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't need to always be in like a productive state either. Like right. I, I sometimes work with women who too who want to be artists, but don't want to like the idea of sharing it with the world is something that's just absolutely terrifying. And they're like, well, what if it's bad? What if it's bad? Like, what if I don't make money off of it? And it's like, That does not matter. All of the external things don't matter. It's how you feel about what you're, the actions that you're taking. Because again, it's all about how you feel. The thoughts that turn into the feelings, and then the present moment. So if we're jumping forward into the future, worrying about like how this ties into our identity in the future and if it's successful, that's not something we can control or hold on to. Mm -hmm. Would you say that people, or yeah, people in general,
0: that lead with a future? Outcome have a harder time not being identified externally, hmm. like like say for instance, leading with um, wanting a desire to be successful. So whatever everything they're doing, they're not actually going internally to find out what their zone of genius is as easily as they are looking for external success pictures and then trying to either um, you know make uh, one one level of deviation from it or, you know, taking somebody else's or what they perceive as successful and trying to see how it can incorporate it into them instead of learning to lean from the inside out
1: and bring that to success. Yeah. You know, I definitely, I do think so. I mean, it's very easy especially if you're ambitious or you desperately want something in the future it's easy to think that what you are right now is not good enough right. like you you think about where you want to be in the future and you work like a like crazy like a little um like a little mouse on the 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 spinning wheel right yes. but the thing is is like if we can't find what it is that we're proud of now about ourselves Not just our bodies, but our minds, our personalities, um, the way we show up in this world. If we can't find things that we're proud about now, then we can't tap into um, the belief that we need that we can succeed and get the result that we want to in the future, right? And so I think it definitely is easy to continue to look too far ahead and not be where you are now and try to be like, oh, I'll change for the better in the future always. That's some it's so deep. I mean, it's just it fascinates
0: me uh, on many levels, the work that you're doing, uh, even just in this conversation, um, because I think we're at a pivotal point in humanity, uh, our world right now that we need to go ahead and recognize the uniqueness of ourselves because we have a contribution, like you were saying, individually to the world somehow, whether that means that we just be who we are or we share our gifts or we keep our gifts for ourselves right now. But however that is, being authentically in the moment is really so much more powerful than trying to make all the achievements um, in the future.
1: Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And, you know, I think that a lot of us, we go on I'm going to find myself or like these self, um, discovery Mm -hmm. journeys. And it's not so much finding yourself. It's more just uncovering yourself from society's expectations, from the beliefs that you've made about how you need to show up in this world. Um, things like that and trying to constantly chip away at your personality and who you are to fit inside of the, the, the box at the corporate world, mm-hmm. or to um, fit into the perfect family that you live in, um, or things like, I mean, you could take that idea and put it almost anywhere in any situation. Um, but it, it, what it is, it's really being able to uncover who you've been all along and realizing right. the value in that.
0: Right. So tell me, dive into a little bit of how you help corporate women to be able to move in this direction. What's that look like?
1: Hmm. Yeah. So it looks a lot of like um, being able to see where we currently are. And actually a lot of it starts with being able to be self-aware and just being aware of the types of thoughts that we have, because it's crazy how we hear our thoughts, right? Like we know we have a bunch of thoughts throughout the day. And sometimes it's hard to keep our mind focused, especially if, if there's anybody that's listened or has tried to meditate at all. Um, and you're not Used to meditating, (laughs) your mind can go crazy, right? Right. Um, And if you let it, it can just kind of run your life instead of you running your life, which is crazy to think about your subconscious and you as different, but roll with me on this. Um, You know, it first starts with being able to see the types of thoughts that are popping up, especially when it comes to the deep stuff, the stuff that we try to avoid or. I see this a lot, even in people who are trying to figure out why they overeat or why they're not taking action on big goals or anything like that, just being able to actually start to hear the beliefs that we have. And then the next step is to be able to question those beliefs and just Mm -hmm. start asking like, what if that's not true? So usually I'll have people start by writing down some of the um, thoughts that they are having when they're thinking about how miserable they are in their job, or they're thinking about, I don't know what I can, what to do without this or things like that, because that's where we can dig into the beliefs that you currently have. Mm -hmm. And if they're serving you or not, because it's hard to believe in the moment for sure, but we can change our perception of our reality if we can see what types of beliefs that we have. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is being able to understand that if we're so focused in on all of the problems that we perceive that we have or all of the things that are in our way, like our circumstances or things like that. I mean, that's all we can see. That's all we focus on. So it's like, um, the opportunities or the ways to um, start to figure out what we want just kind of float us by because we can't even see them. So that's when we start to question the beliefs that feel so real. They feel like you're just reporting the news, right? It, it, it feels as real as well. Next um next week, it, you know, in seven days it's Tuesday, right? Something right. like that that feels like it. That's not a, a negotiating question. So that's when we start to question our beliefs, like is this, is it possible that this is true? What would it look like if it wasn't true? Mm -hmm. And then once we start doing that, you become more self-aware and you start to realize that you actually have the power to question these beliefs that you've held on for so long. Then the next step is to say, you know, if it's a, if it's a belief that's not serving you, like I have no hobbies or I, there's no way I could do anything other than this career or whatnot being able to start to redirect them into, I will figure this out, things like that. Mm -hmm. After that, it's more of being able to identify core beliefs, because when we talk about true self-identity, that's, I I really do believe that our core beliefs is what um, really differentiates ourselves between other people. And that's where we really find our true identity. So for example, that could mean, um, you know, that I am giving, I am compassionate, I care, one of my values is sustainability. Um, another one is justice, you know, things like that. So finding right. out what's really important to you at the core. And then once we can do that, then we can start to think more tactically. It's a lot of thought work and emotions and things like that. The front end, the second end is more tactical, like, okay, so now we know what the core You're ready to start accepting that there are more options out there that you haven't seen before. And we know what the core values are. Now we can start to brainstorm creatively whether it's a career change that we need to do. And if that's the case, we need to start looking for jobs that first align with your core values. We need to make sure that this job aligns with you, not that it's a title that you would be proud of. I mean, that's important again, but that's not the most important. And, you know, the 401k is not the most important. So we start with the, um, making sure they're aligned with the core values. And it's the same for a business as well. Like if you want to start a business, you know, we need to lead with the purpose, right? And so being clear about that instead of, well, I need to make ends meet, I need to do, which of course we all have that need as well, but In order to not feel the burnout and the anxiety of losing yourself again, we need to make sure that what you're doing is aligned. And it's actually not to minimize anything, but it's the simpler
0: way to do it. You know, I mean, it's as you realize that that's all it, that it's really that way. Okay. It becomes light and easy and you move more fluidly and everything seems to, you know, work out differently
1: because you're viewing it in a different lens. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think that's just how life is. I honestly believe that there's a lot of things about life that's simple, but the thing is, is that it is hard to execute. It's hard to do that because it requires consistency. And in order to actually make the changes that we want to, we need to get out of the comfort zone into the growth zone. And our brains don't like being there. Um, And so we have to consistently force ourselves to look at the thoughts that we don't want to look at, to look at the feelings we have about our, ourselves that don't make us feel and actually start to deal with them and heal it. So that way we can move on. Oh, but so it's not funny. easy. It, I know,
0: I know. I and it's I cool, see it. But. I see it. I do see it too. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Well, they'll step out of their own way soon. <laughs> you know, I mean I'm, they'll find themselves. They'll find it. But having having someone like, like you to do the work with them. Really is is the accelerator?
1: Yes. Oh, absolutely. Like I think of what I do as a bridge, right? So from point A to where, from where you are to point B to where you. I guess like the point B is where we feel the most confident, where we feel just fulfilled. We're doing something the majority of our day, where we we you know we may not love every single minute of it because that's just unrealistic, but you know, we feel fulfilled and we are just proud of what we're doing because it's so aligned with who we are. We, it's so aligned and it makes us feel alive. Right. Because right. I think when we are stuck in something, it makes us feel powerless and then we don't feel alive anymore. Right. Right. Um, and so I just think of myself as the bridge from that point A to point B. But the thing is, is like, you've got to do the work to work, to walk across the bridge. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: So, and I want to put this in context. Um, with your entrepreneurial journey? Because
1: a lot of this parallels that. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, it was a lot of recognizing my own thoughts and then self-coaching myself in the moment to be like, okay, this is a limiting belief. Um, This is a thought that created my belief about this and this is what's driving my action so now that i've done more of the the, um, beginning kind of thought work that we've talked about already now my self-coaching looks more like i got a result that i didn't like and being able to backtrack from there like okay i got a result i didn't like i need to backtrack to the action that i took okay now i need to backtrack to the beliefs or the thoughts or or the feelings that i had and then backtrack to it's always like it's it takes a little while to uncover it, but deep down there's always one little belief, and it might be so quiet in the back of your head, like you can't do this, or you're gonna mess up, or something like that. It's a self-sabotaging type of thought. And when we can backtrack from an undesired result back into the thought that started this whole um this whole cycle, then we can around us. We can start to get the results that we want to and build the life that we want to, as long as we're ready and willing to take the responsibility for our results.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I want to make sure I say this for listeners. This is not, this is not the easy work. This is not the easiest part of how, I mean, running a business, I say this all the time is probably the best personal development tool. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I always say that entrepreneurship is 80% inner work, 20% strategy. I will say that, say that, say that, because so much of it, especially in the early stages, is what we as ourselves have to overcome in order to be able to get to the levels that we want to make, you know, make it at, you know. So it is not, I mean, it's easy for us to jam on it because I've done a lot of inner work. Clearly you've done a lot of inner work. You help women with this type of work and it's not the easiest thing to do. And I think really what I want to focus on so much is that if people don't, if women don't step into um, accessing a life coach somewhere, a business coach that leans into understanding that, uh, you know, the work that you do specifically, Monica, I don't, I want people to understand that it is a, it's a little bit of a longer road. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we don't see the blind spots that we put up for ourselves. And yet we can actually move them, learn strategies to be able to do like you were saying and be able to back them back and say, where is this coming from? What is this doing? But build that awareness tool to where then things become more rapid fire as far as the steps that we make, the levels that we achieve, where we're trying to go, the shifts that we have, all of those things become much more important, but it is that piece.
1: We have to work on that piece for sure. Gosh. Oh, absolutely. And especially as business owners. I mean, you know, because something may go wrong in the business. And especially if you don't have the confidence and you don't have the belief that your result is an inevitability, yes. then it all comes from back into the thoughts that we're having. Right. So if we don't think about the results that we want, like let's say that you want to um, I, I'm not sure where your listeners are in their, their um entrepreneurship your journey, but let's say that you are, you know, t- trying to turn your side hustle into your full-time gig and um, you know, you're still working the full-time job. But if you, let's say, I'm not sure, you know, let's just say that you have to do something like a discovery call with a client or something like that. And if you have thoughts about how you're not legit, like these little tiny underlying thoughts about like, Oh, I'm not legitimate because I'm not full-time or something like that, sure. that can lead into a whole um, level of like, um, not having the result that we want in that, that discovery call or something like that. I mean, yes. that's just an example, but we're not going to be able to figure out what the the linchpin was that gave you that result unless we work backwards to that point.
0: And then you could end up potentially, you know, duplicating that same result when you don't work on that to be able to understand and identify why that's coming up that way. Oh, amen. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, I'm going to wave a banner for all coaches out there right about now, especially the good ones, you know, but, um, (laughs) but seriously, in all honesty, it really is the work that we don't see. I have succeeded in what I do because of the coaches I brought on. And there were coaches that were not quite the right fit, but I learned something. And then I was like, okay, so this is what I need now in the next level of coach I need. You know, I mean, there's, there's different levels, different stages, different variances, different things all over the place. That we can access and utilize, but it's being willing to one, like you said, self aware, but two,
1: be okay not having all the answers. Mm -hmm. We can get and that you are good enough where you are right now as well. Absolutely, like if you don't find what you love about where you are right now in your journey, then you're going to have a bunch of self-sabotaging thoughts that get in your way because you're too, like if we keep trying to put our minds into the future and not be where our body is right now, then we can't see the mistakes that we're making now, or we can't see right. an easier path to get there. Or, I mean, I don't know if anybody was like me when I first started, but I mean, I I took all the courses and I learned all the strategies and got all the tools and all of that, and just look for everything outside of me mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, if I could, if I could get this tool, that means I'm going to be I'm going to be good, or this, or this, or that. And it's like it's not coming from you know what course you. T- I mean, courses obviously yes. are important, but if you're doing that to replace your confidence in yourself. You're, it's going to take you a little bit longer to get to where you want to go for sure. Absolutely. What is one takeaway that the listeners, um, is
0: an easy thing for them to build that self-awareness tool in their toolkit,
1: their personal toolkit,
0: what would you give them?
1: Yeah. You know, we, uh, we got to go simple here. You know, that's what we've been talking about. And I feel like that's, um, kind of the, the road that we want to go down is just, I would have your, a, blank journal right next to you. And when you think about the big actions that you need to take in order to accomplish the goal that you want to, we have to like write down the first thought that comes to mind when you think of doing that. So maybe it's something that you know is really scary. Like maybe it's going out and networking. And if networking makes you want to vomit, um, (laughs) then we got to figure out why, right? Um, It's not because you're not good at it. And even if that were the case, you can learn, but we've got to figure out why. So maybe that one little thought that you may have missed. um, Well, first let's figure out the belief that you have is the belief that you have about it, where, you know, you're awkward. Like I definitely had that belief for a very long time. Um, Is it because you are just, you're an introvert and um, you know, you just can't really um, chat with people very well, whatever that belief is, write that down. And then Think about the thoughts that you have about that belief, like, oh, I can never learn, or I'm just, I'm not as smart as them. That's, I mean, things like that look for um, how you feel like you're not measuring up or something like that, because that's the original thought we need to work with and sh- start to redirect into something better.
0: Yes. So peeling back the layers. Yes. Of where it's stemming from and then dealing with it there. hmm hmm that's amazing. So much that we could jam on because the, the whole personal side of figuring out ourselves is such a, an important topic to me. But I want to give the, uh, the listeners the opportunity to connect with you because I believe there are listeners out there that need your work. Where would they find you?
1: Yeah, I hang out, of course, on my website at monicafrederick.com. Um, but as far as social media, I hang out the most on Instagram and you can find me over there at Monica chats. And um, I, you know, if you, if you want more information on how to actually start to uncover who you are, like uncover um, and get all of those layers of societal expectations and just expectations you placed on yourself and things like that, or you want to be able to find your passions and be able to get to know yourself in that way. um, I have great resources on the homepage of my website that you can uh, utilize. Awesome. Thank you for sure. Definitely, definitely excited for them to be able to
0: connect with you and take that conversation further. But I want to thank you for coming today. Thanks for coming on
1: and sharing your wisdom. Thank you. I am just, I love being able to come out and chat and like, I, I, you know, I love being able to connect with hosts who really get it and get how important (laughs) that is. Um, because I mean, if the more and more of us could go out and become self-aware. I mean, think about how much that would change the world if everybody started to become actually self-aware and why they have the emotions that they do. Oh, oh my gosh. It would Man. be,
0: it would be amazing.
1: It would be yes. amazing. <laughs> so
0: exactly. again, Monica, thank you for coming on And guys. Make sure you check out the show notes, grab those links and definitely connect with Monica. In the meantime, keep moving forward. Thanks for listening to the Fem Nation podcast. Be sure to check out our show notes for more details from the episode. If you love the show, share it with a friend or drop me a note. I'd love to hear from you over at whitevanan.com or find me on social media. Until next time, keep moving forward.